Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyer, your host, We're once again in a beautiful time of the liturgical year. We're in between what was the birth of the Mother of God, one of the first feast days in the beginning of the liturgical calendar, which begins on September 1st. And then we're looking forward to the great feast of the exaltation of the cross. So always, always some rich moments of varying degrees in the liturgical calendar of the church. You know, these things really excite me, and I hope they excite you as well. Because there are ways that we enter into the mystery of our faith, the mystery of of the persons, such as the Blessed Mother, the mystery of the cross, the mystery of the scriptures. You know, recently, I was going to give some talks to teenagers, and I had in mind what I wanted to say, but I asked the teenagers themselves, tell me, what do you want to hear? What What do you need to hear? What they told me was actually pretty close to what I had in mind to share with them. Uh, Some nuanced differences, but basically it was this. Both myself and the teenagers wanted to talk about really the why behind their faith, the why behind what they experience in church, because at their age, the teenage years, especially the young adult years, This is when they come to certain critical junctions in their faith, which are natural junctions. They're natural points in which the person, the teenager, or especially the young adult, have to make a choice to make faith their own, more and more their own. While we're growing up as children, our faith is basically that of our parents, which is good. You you need that. They sometimes call that in, in psychology, they call it attachment. And it's healthy, it's good. But it has its time limit. Then you move on. You sort of detach and move on to a greater independence, especially when it comes to faith. In other words, it has to become your faith, your very real relationship with God. And so at that age, there's a a real vulnerability to losing our faith. We see that in young people all the time. We see how they no longer go to church, they lose their faith. Oftentimes they come back, and sometimes even stronger than ever, so-called reverts and so on. But oftentimes they do not. 
or at least for a long, long time. And understanding the value of it, why it's different, why it's valuable, is what these young people asked me to talk about, and it's basically what I wanted to talk about. And I will do so, especially in regard to the Eastern Lung of the Church. In other words, what is the why behind what we do and believe, especially in Eastern churches? Why is it significant? Why should young people choose time and again to stay with it, to grow in their faith? Basically, for a brief answer, because you will find there what you will not find anywhere else, and what you find there is the best things for us. So, let's look at some of that. First of all, the church, our faith, and especially the worship of the church, the liturgy of the church, it gives us a vision of life. It gives us the reality of life. Here's the reality. There is a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, yet one God, in a beautiful, infinite, deferential love between the three of them. And that God created angels, spiritual beings, and eventually that God, that Trinitarian God, created physical matters all the way up to the physical nature of the human person, who, of course, is body, soul, and spirit. And in doing so, God loved, and he did it out of love, and he loved what he created out of love, so much so that he wanted to become part of it, and he did. And so all that God created is infused with his divine presence, which makes everything he created sacramental. In other words, it points to God. And everything in this created order, in its own way, and in one way or the other, immerses us in the reality of God. And when God made us with our physicality, in other words, our body made of matter, physical stuff, and spirit, when he did that, he made it in his image and likeness. And why did he make it? Well, remember the old Baltimore Catechism in recent years that's been, in a sense, kind of made fun of. It's too simplistic. But you know what? There's certain things that are good for all time. Remember that Baltimore Catechism? Why did God make me? God made me to love him, to serve him, and to be happy with him forever in heaven. And you know what? That's still true. And <laughs> it does sum it up. He made us because he loves us. And he made us to share in him. What better form of love? than for a creature to share in the very source and summit of love, God himself. So our faith gives us, first of all, a positive, very positive, fundamental view of life, of all of creation, and especially the human person. Now, that's a starting point. If you start off there and proceed from there, you're going to do very well in life. Everything you touch will turn to gold. Oh, well, yeah, we still make mistakes and we sin because we are, we are weak. At the same time, we're in the image and likeness of God. And when we proceed with that vision, with that reality, that everything in this world is sanctified in its own way, then we interface with those things, no matter what they are, in a way that is honest to that sanctity. So things go well. So the first thing about our faith is it teaches us the reality of God and of the value the real value of everything that's created, most importantly, the human person. And this is why liturgy is so important. For those young people who don't want to go to church, liturgy is important because liturgy is our way of 
taking everything that we see, all that we've experienced in this world, in other words, its sacramental nature, and proclaiming that and offering back to God. And liturgy is the only thing, the one thing above all that human beings are made for, can do, that animals, all other creatures on earth cannot do. Only we are creatures of the liturgy meaning that only we can look and see the sacramentality of creation, of God's presence shot through every aspect of life and of creation. Only we can see that and then in turn react in the only logical, honest way. That is by a spontaneous act of gratitude, of offering back to God the gift that he gave us. So we are a creature that is liturgical by nature. So one reason to go to church is that you can live and be most fully and authentically human. You're doing the one thing that more than anything else separates us from all other creatures. That is that only we, the human person, can look upon the created order and actually see the presence of God and offer what we see back to God in praise and thanksgiving. So the concept of God, the why behind our being human, and what is unique about our humanness is one reason why faith and our involvement in church is worth it, why it is so precious. Another thing that our faith provides for us is another need of the human person. That is the need for community. No one can live alone. Even the great ascetics, and certainly the Eastern churches were famous for their their hermits, the great ascetics, the great spiritual masters that would live in the deserts by themselves or up on a pole by themselves like Daniel the Stylite. But even they would be visited by people. Even they at times would come down off their pole or out of their caves, their monastic cells, and come into community to pray and worship together. We are made for community. This is why we want to be married, why we seek out friendship. We don't like being alone. We don't like being unaccepted or unloved. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be cherished. We want others to see us as valuable, as worthwhile, as part of the gang. That's because God is a union community of persons, and we are made like that God. So the liturgy of the church it once again answers a fundamental need of our human nature, that we have a need for community. This is why we say in the church that Eucharist is the source and summit of our existence. It is because it is communal, and so are we, and so is God. And so church, church not only answers our needs, church is a way of immersing ourselves in what is truly human, what is really authentic about life, what is true about God. When we come back, we're going to talk more about why our faith is important, why church is important. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church. We need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. 
It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loyup and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R life at earthlink.net. To help support Tabor Life's ministry, go to taborlife.org and click on the Donate tab. Tabor Life is a 5013C charitable organization. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyal, your host. We're talking today in response to the requests of some teenagers who I spoke to recently. We're answering their request to share with them why, the why behind their faith, why church is important, why they should stay with it, especially as they get into later teens, young adulthood, where many young people will deviate from their faith in church. Many of them come back, many even stronger, sometimes not. One of the other reasons why church and the why behind our faith is so significant, and by the way, once we know the why, I know that's a big thing, especially with young people. You can't just tell them, this is what you do, or you're supposed to do. This is right, this is wrong. I mean, it's okay, we should, but they don't settle for that. That doesn't convince them. What convinces them is when you explain the great why. So they have those, you know, aha minutes, the light bulbs go off, and they say, yeah, this is, I see now, this is why this is worthwhile. Another reason is, Because only in the church alone do we immerse ourselves in certain incredible principles and realities that don't really exist in the outside world. I mean, they are in the outside world, but they're not acknowledged in the outside world. They're not acknowledged by the world outside the church. One of those things is this concept of redemption, of how even the worst things in life God will work through and bring good out of. He'll teach us. He'll help something or somebody to grow, to get deeper, more mature, more authentic. 
That's called redemption. And only in the church do we look at something, and when something is dark, we're certainly hearing a lot of darkness about the church in terms of some of the scandals and so on. But no matter what darkness there is, in the church alone do we hear the encouraging message and, in fact, immerse ourselves in the very reality that anything can be redeemed. In other words, God can bring light out of darkness. He works everything for the good. We don't hear that beyond the church, really. You tend to hear just the dark, and that's where it ends. Oh, did you hear this? So-and-so did this. What a terrible thing. Well, they should get theirs. That's justice. We did it. Now we're satisfied. It's basically how it works in the outside world. There is nothing more beyond that. In the church, we hear the miraculous message of redemption, that the worst person, the worst action, the worst experience, God is still there. God is the God of all. He's the last and first word on everything, even what is dark, and he will bring good out of it. He will bring triumph out of it, which brings me to the next point. Church is worthwhile, faith is worthwhile, because it's the one place that gives us the ultimate hope when everything else seems to fail. Look what's happening now. Many people's faith in the church is being rattled right now because of this presentation in the media of what's basically past sins in the church, of the sexual abuse scandals, and people want to grab onto something. Everything else seems to have fallen. There's no more integrity anywhere. There's nothing to fall back on. There's no touchstone, no home base no reference point for anything, no standard. It seems like all the statues have fallen off their pedestals. All the standards have been blurred and broken down. So people now are groping. They're groping for something to hang on to. And the place where they're looking, and the place they must look, is the one place that can bring light out of darkness, redemption out of what seems to be hopeless. And that is the church, because the church is all about hope. Hope, a precious, precious virtue, something we need, especially today. We're only going to find it in the church. And why? Because some of the worst things have already happened. What could be worse than putting Jesus Christ himself on the cross and done so by his own people, his followers betraying him and abandoning him? Judas, one of the twelve The 12 elite closest to Christ betrays him. Peter denies him three times. What could possibly be worse than those days? And they were at the beginning. And yet, through all that comes this church that sanctifies people, that always holds out to hope, always waits and looks with longing to Christ's coming, to Christ's intervention to Christ's presence, even in tragedy. Nowhere else do you have that kind of hope. You might have some hope. You see, the virtues in the church may exist in some forms outside the church, but not in the degree and in the developed form as in the church. There is not a sense of redemption or hope anywhere like there is in the church. And we often refer to Christ as our hope. Christ, our hope. God, our hope. Then, There is, of course, love, real love, what love is all about. The blueprint for that is found in the church, in its liturgy, 
in its sacraments, especially the sacrament of confession, in the life of Christ. As I mentioned, he was unjustly put on the cross. And what does he do? How does he respond? How does he get even with those who are unjust to him? He brings them to heaven. He raises them up, raises human nature, the very thing that betrayed him, raises it up and mounts on the very throne with him in heaven. What incredible love, what incredible model, blueprint for love. In the church, we find that love means doing what is best for the person, whether they want it or not, whether there is a cost to ourselves or not. We just simply do what is best for that person. We learn that our love, when we are really, truly loving, is a sharing in God's love. This is why things like marriage are regarded and held with such such respect and reverence in the church, because marriage is a way of sharing in the way God loves. God wants us to share himself because he loves us. So he wants us to experience his love. And what is his love like? Well, it's intimate. It's communal. It's about sharing oneself with someone else, making the gift of self. That's what marriage is about. So the sacrament of marriage then becomes a venue to experience God's love and Next to love, then, very closely related to love, is compassion and forgiveness. We said earlier that one of the things that separates us from all the living creatures is that we alone are the ones that can offer. We are liturgical. Well, another thing that separates us, not only from all creatures, but what separates the church, the Catholic, Orthodox churches, the sacramental churches, what separates them from all other faiths, religions, philosophies, ideologies, is the particular brand of forgiveness that we preach and practice, though not always perfectly. What is our brand of forgiveness? Our brand of forgiveness does not necessarily forget the hurt. The beauty of our forgiveness is that we can actually remember the hurt, but not let the hurt determine our behavior that we can continue to choose to love, do the best for the other person, even if they have hurt us terribly. Now, that kind of forgiveness is heroic. It only exists in the church. No other faith. They come close. They have similar spiritualities on forgiveness and compassion. But the one that stands out, stands apart, is a particular brand of forgiveness that you find only in the church. The point we have a sacrament And we preach in the church that the mercy of God is greater than anything, even the worst sin. And we have a vehicle to reconcile ourselves with God when we have broken our relationship with Him, broken our relationship with the worshiping community, the Christian community. And that vehicle is confession, an incredible way to relieve ourselves, to heal to reconcile, to make reparation, to have insight, to improve. And in the Eastern churches, confession has a very strong healing theme to it. Going to confession, especially in the Eastern churches, is like going to a spiritual doctor. And you tell the doctor, what's wrong with you? So the doctor can prescribe a medicine. You take the medicine or the therapy and you improve. You can even be healed completely. Once again, that kind of forgiveness, those vehicles for for forgiveness exist nowhere else except in the church. We've only scratched the surface here as to why faith and church 
not only important, but essential, inspiring, motivating. We can talk many more times about the why behind our magnificent faith and church. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. For the first thousand years, there were married priests within the church. There still are married priests under certain circumstances, you know, so it's not absolutely necessary. However, I'm a supporter of it, and I wouldn't want us to move in the direction of kind of a, hey, you know, optional, some do it, some don't. I get it. And I, I go back to Paul, and it's Paul's words that are actually in the ordination ritual, you know, about an undivided life, undivided life, a total gift. I have nothing but the greatest respect for married people. In fact, when I hear the term heroic sanctity, when they talk about saints, I think of parents right away, you know, who give themselves to their kids. But there's something, I think, pure and simple and undivided about the life of celibacy. It's a radical conformity unto the celibate Christ. Why am I celibate? My ultimate answer, because Jesus was, and I'm conformed to him. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!